silver a little different where you've just seen a steady bleed of the metal out of there since silver squeeze. Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcadia Economics. As we dig into the daily silver news, which amongst other things, today includes highlighting how there's been a somewhat slow yet steady bleed of silver, allegedly, reportedly out of SLV and the other trusts, as well as the COMEX registered pile. So I thought it'd be worthwhile to take a look in that today and at least let you see what has been going on because here, transparent silver holdings, think SLV, all the other ETFs out there. You can see these red lines, these are weekly charts. So after the, over the last six weeks, steady decline, it had been a bit mixed since then, although you can see ever since Silver Squeeze weekend back in February of 2021, when there was reportedly over 100 million ounces added in a weekend, that metal has come out. It's been up and down a little bit, although especially on the recent sell-off, and see here's the gray line indicating the price. So over the recent sell-off, which happened from this portion, right? You can see again, gray line going down before rebounding a little bit with silver slightly under $22 at the time of this recording, Monday night, June 20th, gonna be published Tuesday. 21st. Now you see at that same time, the prices declined. You've seen the blue line go down, which means that the number of ounces allegedly stored in those trusts has gone down as well, which on one, one hand could make sense. Certainly you see a lot of selling as the price goes down in general in many assets, although hasn't really followed that pattern here. You see when the price was going up back in October of last year, metal was still coming down. So while, for example, on the gold chart, if we go and take a look at the two year, there you can see a lot more correlation, maybe not direct one-to-one -one correlation, but certainly this peak here and then coming down, uh, I would say the gold chart has been a good bit more correlated. Here you can see that same pattern that a decent chunk of gold has been taken out or shares reduced from those trusts over that sell-off period. A lot had gone in prior to that. So again, silver a little different where you've just seen a steady bleed of the metal out of there since silver squeeze. Now what to make of that? There's a lot of factors that go into this, a lot of different participants. I would not by any means say that this is a rush towards the exit or that the funds are close to running out of metal. Certainly that's not the case. Although interesting when you also match that up with what you've seen in the registered stockpile on the COMEX, where since that same data point, silver squeeze back in February, you see over 150 million ounces and another million and change ounces have come out since the last time I reported on this about two weeks ago where around seven and a half million ounces had come out in a few days and that had brought it down to about 72 and a half million ounces now slightly under 71 and a half million ounces so while certainly this looks sharp here if we back out a little bit to do good justice to what's going on you can see still an elevated level of metal compared to historical standards 
Although what's interesting is this spike up here, that was back in July of 2020 when JP Morgan delivered 30 million ounces on the first delivery day. Shortly after that, we did see the price go almost up to $30. Again, that was following the price going down to $12 in the middle of COVID, which I would imagine brought some demand forward, some people buying at the lower prices and perhaps a lot of leverage building up in general and shot the price higher. I wonder if we will see something similar with this current sell-off where maybe not as extreme as seeing $12 two years ago, but not far off given how much money has been created since then. And that's something interesting to think about because I know there's not a set way that people are looking at silver. There's not a set way that it's supposed to be priced. Many people look at it differently. Some people are just looking at the supply and demand and that's fair. Although how do you factor in when the Fed has done what it's done over the past 15 years, over the past two years, where if they just keep printing money without additional metal to back that, I think that to me, there, there should be a premium there, especially if you think in the long term, the Fed's just going to keep printing until they eventually destroy this, which I would say is the school of thought that I fit into, how long that long term will be, we shall see. But to balance that, just because the Fed lowers interest rates or does quantitative easing, that doesn't necessarily mean the price of silver has to go up. So there's a lot of different factors here that I think people balance in different ways. I think a lot of people are perhaps just now starting to become concerned about what they're seeing in the system. I don't know that the average Wall Streeter is thinking much about gold and silver at all, maybe just beginning to. And if we continue seeing these elevated inflation prints, which even despite the Fed's rate increases so far has been the case. And when you think about the things that are happening, not just with the gas prices, but with the situation in Russia, where a lot of resources are being cut off, then you have already fragile supply chain lines. It, it's a lot to handle at one point. And, you know, we'll see when there is a more significant rush into gold and silver. I think we've seen that a bit more on the gold side, although as I'll touch on perhaps in tomorrow's video, interesting seeing some more interest from mainstream investors. There was a Chenny Lin video that I know a lot of people saw where he was saying is silver the new lithium and was interesting just as I was watching that, noticing him being clear that he's not a silver bug yet still as he manages his family's uh, investment portfolio, that that's something that he's looking at. And you know, a lot of people had commented on that. So We'll perhaps touch on that later this week. Another thing to look at, this is the bank short position in the red line, one of the metrics of measuring that. And you can see again here when you had silver squeeze that further below this line here you go was pretty short, which is often the case when the things are at a peak and then the prices get hammered down. Now on the closer to neutral side, there is another metric, which I plan to touch on later this week, that shows by one measurement, the banks actually being long silver. So at least when you think about how silver has traded in a range, let's say for the last two years, going 
between once it jumped over 20 going up to close to 30 then back down to 20 has been in that range in the lower end of that range and while this is not a guarantee certainly the fact that you see the banks reducing the short positions or in some cases for some of them possibly becoming long has been in general a good indicator which is not to say we won't see won't we can't definitely rule out 18 dollars silver in a couple of days because my guess is that if some of these banks were short feel they can buy the contracts back cheaper they probably would do that there's a reason they get fined and and caught manipulating these things not just conspiracy theory and perhaps i'm thinking about that a little more as i've been rounding up my evidence file which we're getting closer to making available or having some upgrades in but more so than the supplier demand if you really wanted to get an accurate measurement of which way the near-term price of silver would go here you see on the shorter side and it came down if you look at some of the points where they're closer to neutral here and that's preceding a big spike up gets closer to neutral here and you see the price go up here again right before a price rally so there are times when this pattern has broken and I still believe and expect that there will be some point where you'll build up the banks, build up a short position and hopefully that will pop in their face. Similar to what happened in the nickel market. Hopefully it won't be resolved like in the nickel market or like the silver market was resolved back in 1980 when the exchange just said customers can only sell. Seems a little bit fitting, but at least some reason for optimism in the short term, whether that's the start of a much bigger move. Again, keep in mind the Fed's still raising interest rates, so a factor in the other direction, but a few things to think about and at least to perhaps let you sleep a little easier at night if you do own silver or silver-related investments and you've been a little shaken up by the latest sell-off, uh, certainly for people who have been doing this for a while, getting a little bit used to that, but anyway, some things to think about. Here is another note to mention that Rafi had talked about in his report on Friday, mentioning that with the amount of silver remaining in the registered categories, enough for about 14,279 contracts, that was with 57,000 open. And we see today that number is down to 49,000. Still a couple of days left. And I'm not expecting that we're going to see necessarily a run on the COMEX this July period, although... A lot of contracts out there and just something to keep an eye on as the registered pile goes a little bit lower. But I do expect that we will see a lot of these contracts rolled over. And But in about a week or so, we'll get some more clarity and see how that all shakes out. Here's something, again, I mentioned I had been going through my legal file, just creating, we do have that legal file on the site, but wanted to create something so that as people come into the silver world and hear the rumors that it's manipulated that would be easy for even someone who's new to this to grasp what's going on and this is one of the Deutsche Bank chat transcripts from back in May 2011 that if I could just show people one piece of evidence to illustrate the impact that this paper trading has on the market here again, this is May 11th, 2011. That, that was 10 days after silver was coming down from 50. And you see UBS Trader A, we smashed it good. Deutsche Bank Trader B is upset for not joining the team. But when they smashed it good, here's a day, that green line, that's the same day they're making these comments. 
silver going from $39 down to $35. And it's interesting if you go through these. Here's another one. I got good names selling small silver. I'm getting out more. We'll buy it back later. That matches exactly what Bart Chilton said when I interviewed him a couple of years ago. And again, I don't have the access to the trading records that him or the other CFTC commissioners have or had at some point. But I did say my understanding is that you get these block offers, especially if something's around $25 and the price is $25 and two cents and you apply some selling pressure and they get it through the stop orders. A lot of action placed at the handle, as they call it, the $25 mark, and then the algorithms that kick in and the banks and keep hearing these reports. Ted Butler would often write about it. Same banks buying the contracts back cheaper. And he confirmed that was exactly what happened. The only change that he added is that now when it happens, the moves are bigger. Certainly, we've seen plenty of that. And certainly, that was a day back in May 11th, 2011, that we saw it. I think it would be fair for the CFTC or whoever controls those records to release more. I'd love to know what was being said on April 30th and into May 1st when we saw silver fall from $49 to $42 overnight. Getting some instructions so that not only will I send some Freedom of Information Request acts, but anybody else who would like to join in and help move that cause forward will have instructions on how to do all that. Here's another note, this one coming from GATA, Robert Lamborn, BIS gold swaps fell substantially again in May. Another substantial reduction in the gold swaps for the Bank of International Settlements is indicated by this statement for May. This is the lowest level of swaps for the bank since November of 2019. And taking a look back at the gold chart, it's just interesting to think about what was happening back in 2019. Still the early days in a gold rally. Gold was about $1,400. So call it perhaps just an indicator to keep an eye on. But if it's the lowest level since then, and again, we're seeing some of the bank positions, short positions being reduced, not to say that we're about to shoot higher, but at least makes it seem like a higher probability than if it were at the top end of the range. Also further pressuring the dollar, you see China holding of US Treasury skids to 12-year low. Japan also cuts holdings. This was from last week. Again, how accurate these figures are. I've heard some suggest that a lot of the holdings are swapped out in off-balance sheet transactions, which I do believe is often possible. And in either case, not necessarily massive decreases. Chinese holdings dropped to 1.003 trillion down 36.2 billion from 1.039 trillion the previous month. And then you see Japan's holdings of US Treasury fell further in April to their lowest level since January of 2020, going from 1.232 trillion in March to 1.218 trillion in April. And certainly Japan having their own issues right now, doing their own yield curve control and who knows what will be the result of that. It doesn't sound like a good situation, similar to how the Federal Reserve doesn't seem like they're in a good situation. And similar to how the German economic minister is not describing a good situation for the country's gas crisis. Here he mentions, in order to reduce gas consumption, less gas is to, to be used to produce electricity. Instead, coal-fired power plants will be used more. 
I don't know if that means that they're going to have to buy additional global warming derivatives from Ross and the CFTC, but in view of the throttling of gas supplies from Russia, the federal government is taking additional measures to save gas. The situation in the gas market has deteriorated in recent days. The missing quantities can still be replaced and gas storage tanks are still being filled, albeit at high prices. Security of supply is currently guaranteed, but the situation is serious. Those two statements seem to be a little bit contradictory if the supply is guaranteed, but we are therefore further strengthening precautions, take additional measures to reduce gas consumption. And he talks about depending a little bit more on coal and just interesting seeing the ways that you do one sanction, it affects this market. Now everything just gets a little gummed up and out of line. And while it's easy for people who are just looking at this from a trading perspective to say, all right, the price has gone up or down, certainly is not making it easier for planning purposes for the producers. And I'm a little bit more familiar with the silver side from talking with many of the silver companies. Yet I think that that dynamic exists as well, to some degree, at least in natural gas. Here you can see the natural gas chart that really was soaring in early June. Here you can see there was actually a video from investing.com mentioning how US natural gas futures plummeted after Freeport LNG announced a partial reopening. Although again, quite a drop from $9 down to $6.72. Certainly in the face of what's going on where here again, the situation is serious. Germany plans to fire up coal plants as Russia throttles gas supplies. So. We'll see how that gets resolved. We'll see how a lot of these situations get resolved. I'm guessing that the days of waiting for some of these are coming to an end. A lot happening out there. Although fortunately, just wanted to remind you that, A, if you'd like to stay posted on these things that are happening and get these videos delivered to your inbox so you can get a nice brief economic update every day keeping you posted, especially with an eye on silver, well, you can sign up right here and also mentioning that again this thursday june 23rd at 6 p.m eastern we will be doing our first arcadia office hours I believe andy sheckman's joining me rob keens of gold silver pros david stein of kuya silver so if you have questions about any of the things we're talking about on the show anything's going on in the silver world physical silver paper silver the politics just wanted to create a place that people could come ask some questions completely free to attend make some new silver friends, maybe find someone even in your neighborhood. As I know, one of the challenges of this is often it feels like we're seeing a different world than a lot of the other people out there, but we will be there Thursday night at 6 p.m. Eastern. So come on and join us and talk some silver. And until then, in case you didn't catch this yesterday, interesting video about some recent comments from Andrew McGuire about BlackRock and a potential default on some of their SLV customers during the silver squeeze last February 2021. To find out a little bit more about that, well, just click on the video coming your way now.